Welcome to the Momship Mastery Podcast, the ultimate destination for moms seeking balance, connection, and growth in their journey through motherhood. I'm your host, Master's Level Therapist and Life Coach, Andrea Baker. Here at the Momship Mastery, we believe that motherhood is a purposeful journey filled with discoveries, challenges, and countless opportunities for growth. Our mission is to provide you incredible moms with the wisdom, inspiration, and tools to flourish as you nurture your relationship with yourself and those around you. Each week, we will dive into transformative conversations, therapeutic insights, and practical tips to empower you to thrive as a mom while still maintaining your unique identity. From self-care strategies to relationship building, from spiritual growth to parenting insights, I've got you covered. So if you're ready to embark on this journey with us, hit that subscribe button and let's explore the world of motherhood, relationships, and growth together. Remember, you're not alone on this journey and we're here to support you every step of the way. Hey guys, welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Momship Mastery Podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about something that is really close to my heart and my belief and hope is that it resonates with many of you. Um, So this week, we're going to be answering and working on the question, why do I feel grief when breaking generational curses? Um, So this is going to be a really deep dive into how complex this journey can be. We're going to be unpacking some emotions and um, really trying to find solace in their understanding. So this one, you might want to grab a comfy spot, maybe a journal, and we're going to embark on this together. So we know that here at the Momship Mastery, we talk about giving ourselves the grace to show up and be who we are, um, the grace and the ability to kind of make mistakes and really just um, giving yourself the ability to just be. But we know that in motherhood, our goal and we strive to be our best selves. We want to show up We want to um, be this version of us that's more calm and more collected and all these things. And sometimes, let's be real about it, we kind of fall short from our own expectations, which is okay, right? There are moments when the echoes of our past or the traumatized versions of us may make an unexpected appearance. And sometimes we don't really know what to do with that. But that is exactly what we're going to talk about today. I hear this a lot, um, especially from those of us who are tasked with making changes in our families and really like giving our children something uh, foundationally different than we had. And there's this thing of I'm working so hard to create this life for them and they have no idea what is happening. They have no idea uh, of the realities of what could be different, like how different this could actually look. But I'm fighting like my own traumas. I'm fighting my own experiences to give them something that's safe and something that's consistent and something that they feel good in, right? But part of that is we're expecting a certain reaction from them or we're expecting a certain um, appreciation for them when they have nothing to compare it to. So for us, we know that life could look totally different than it does for them, but they don't know that, right? When we're working so hard to create this foundation of safety, this foundation of um, experiences and all these things that we're like, okay, we're going to give them this because we didn't have it or 
our goal is to break the generational curses of, um, you know, the fighting or uh, addiction and all these things. And if these things are never exposed to them in their lives, then they don't know the terrible uh, sides of that. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, we show them that so they can say, hey, you know, now look, at you should be grateful. No, I'm saying they don't know anything different. This is their normal. And that's really what we want. We want to create a foundation like this should be the new normal. This should be normal where you can depend on your parents. You can um, expect to have these good experiences. You can expect to be able to talk to us about things that bother you. It's like when maybe you have a flashback of um, trauma or not feeling safe while you're continuously trying to create safety for your child. We're working to create this new normal for our children while we're simultaneously fighting what we know to be normal, which may have been uh, experiencing some violence or experiencing different traumas. And we're fighting those things. We're fighting those flashbacks and those feelings while creating and trying our best to create this safe space for them that they have no idea could be different. And we want this to be their normal. We want them to feel safe and secure in this. But the issue comes when it's like, yes, we want this to be their normal, but my normal was something completely different from this. And I'm struggling to maintain my own emotions while creating this safety for them. And I'm struggling because I'm feeling a way or I don't really know how to articulate what I'm feeling. So let's talk about it. We kind of find ourselves in like this swirl of conflicting emotion where we're admiring the child that we've created and we're uh, building and we're creating a safe environment for it. But we feel maybe a hint of jealousy and grief. That can be confusing, especially when you're like, how could I be jealous or how do I feel grief? This is what I wanted for my child. Like I want them to have this life and I want them to have this experiences. What would I feel grief or jealousy about? But I want to remind us that when we're showing up as our whole self, when we're showing up as authentic versions of us, the version of us that did not get these things is also showing up. And that is the version of you that may be feeling some conflicting emotions of jealousy and grief and really like, well, they don't even care. So I shouldn't even uh, continue in this. And I want to really talk about that for a moment. A lot of that has to do with our attachment styles. Um, it's John Bowlby in the therapy world, in the psychoeducation and all of that. He's the, the father of attachment. So he puts it like this. Um, attachments are survival-based patterns of adaptation. What does that mean? That means our attachment styles are based on how we had to adapt in order to survive. So my own attachment styles like really showed up here where it was like, I've learned to be more self-sufficient. I learned that people won't always notice your your plea for help or your cry for help because they're more um, involved in their own struggles or their own anxiety and their own um, traumas. And this was a very repetitious um, theme in my life where it was like, you know, the adults in my life were very involved with what was going on in their lives. Now I'm an adult child of alcoholic parent and I'm learning that this is something that was taught to me. I learned that you can't really depend on people. And as a child, this kind of made me feel a bit like, okay, I'll just take care of it myself um, and just not uh, expect help, right? Because that's how my needs were responded to. So this is how I believe that we should go on. And um, like I said, in my family, 
family, I also play like the role of uh, the fixer, right? The planner. Um, I was always the one that was going to think about how to fix it. I went ahead. I was like, okay, this this is broken. I might as well fix it because everybody else is kind of preoccupied. So I need to figure out an answer to this in order to be safe. Uh, and I didn't realize the extent of this until my adult years. And my grandma would always call me the warden. And I'm like, I didn't understand like yes I love the the joke of it and it was always funny like you know she always gets things in order but I didn't realize that this was a classic case of role reversal or parentification um and this is also associated with anxious avoidant attachment so the role reversal and the parentification of me being the one to fix it me being the one to figure things out also created this anxious avoidant attachment where it was like I have to fix this and I can't say that I need help. Um, And that was really like my response to a lot of the uh, things in my life. That was my response to a lot of the um, needs that I have. And even now I find myself where it's like, if there's something I need or if I'm in pain or something, it takes me a very, very long time to even voice it. It takes me a long time to even say I need help. And it feels so uncomfortable for me to say I need help. And my expectation is that someone isn't going to help. Uh, And that is part of the anxious avoidant attachment. So when we're thinking about the way that we're raised, when we're thinking about our own attachment styles and understanding why we feel so grieved and so um, jealous of our children, we have to understand the why behind our feelings. We have to understand the why behind those unseen wounds, those unseen and misunderstood responses. So I was journaling and I was really just kind of in my meditation and prayer time. And I remember where my prayer used to be, God, I wish this was easier. Like, why does my life have to be so hard? Why can't things be easier? Why can't I have like a simple anything? Like nothing in my life seems to be simple. Why are things always so hard? And it used to be my prayer. I'm like, God, just make it, make it easier for me. And, you know, he never responded with things being easier and I would get frustrated. And then I say, well, God, just help me to understand it. If you're not going to allow it to be easier, then help me to understand the why behind it or help me to understand the purpose of it so that I can move in the way that you want me to move. And understanding the why, it didn't bring any relief either. And I'm like, bruh, this is like too much. I don't really know what you want me to do with this. Like I understand why the people in my life showed up the way they did, but it did not make it any easier for me. It did not make me feel better. It did not make me, uh, not want people to show up the way that I wanted them to show up. It did not change any of that. So I'm like, man, like, so I'm like, man, how are we going to move forward? Like, how am I going to figure this out? And it was crazy because God just kind of told me, like, I didn't give you understanding to make you feel better. It was to change your responses. So we don't understand because we need to feel better. He's not giving us wisdom and understanding in the situation to change our feelings, but it's supposed to change our response. Um, So as a therapist who's explored generational themes and experienced moments of grief and anger, no one really warned me about the grief that comes along with breaking these curses, right? We all want to be generational curse breakers. We all want to change the narrative. We all want it to stop with us, but we either don't realize or recognize the grief attached with that and don't realize how lonely that can feel. Um, So when we're talking about breaking these curses for
for the next generation, a generation of children who don't have anything to compare it with. And then the generation behind us who's almost avoiding the truth of the matters. It's a lonely place. So I derailed a little bit. Let's get back to attachment styles. I'm sorry. So when I was younger, um, the way that I learned how to cope with these unmet attachment needs were self-soothing. And a lot of times I would self-soothe by dismissing my own needs. I started to harden my heart um, and really shut my own needs down as a defense mechanism against the uncertainty of if anybody was going to show up. So it looked like, oh, she doesn't care about anything or, oh, you know, she just is like that and she just shut down and she don't care about anything or anyone when that was the way of me protecting myself and that was the way of me not having expectations of anyone else. We look at attachment styles and we say, oh, you know, this is just the way that I'm attached or this is just the way I am because of the way that I was growing up and all of these things. Um, but the truth is that attachment wounds can be healed through new and repaired relationships. This is one of the reasons um, a lot of people come to therapy. They want to learn how to do relationships differently. They want to learn how to trust again. They want to learn how to uh, trust themselves, trust others. And all of this goes back to attachment. Um, so for me, my attachment wounds and attachment uh, style was repaired through my relationship with my husband. Now, it didn't start that way. We definitely had a journey where we had to learn each other in a different way and we had to get past the, the shields and our conflicting attachment styles, right? Um, and we struggled with this a bit. My husband and I, we were working to create this this secure base in e for each other and for our children. And again, like I said, I think this was the healing um of both of our attachment wounds. I felt safe in explaining like my pains and my, my triggers to him. Like, okay, this is happening and I really need to deal with this. And I felt supported and he knew the same. And then some unexpected triggers kind of started to resurface. And there was an incident uh, that really triggered and awoken the wounded child in me. Um, and I went through all the things, the, the anger and the denial. And then I felt the old version of myself, the unhealed version, the traumatized version began to speak in my head. I heard her uh, rationalizing the pain and I heard her self-soothing the way that it was before. And I had to sit with her for a while and I had to realize this is the jealous version that's coming up because she didn't have this. This is the version of me that is still looking for someone to um, protect her or to respond or to be there in a way that I see it done for our children. Um, and you begin to ask, why didn't anybody show up for me this way? Why did I have to endure the things that I had to endure? Why didn't anyone fight for me the way that I am fighting for my children? Or why wasn't I enough? Or why wasn't I worth it? And we have to remember, like, this is the traumatized version of us and we have to soothe her in a way or soothe them in a way that lets them know it wasn't there, that children have no responsibility in protecting themselves, right? It is the adult's job in your life and it's unfortunate and it's hard to admit that they just couldn't do it. Um, but how do we find hope in this grief? How do we find the silver lining in this? 
Um, I want us to remember that healing is a process. There will be moments where you feel very secure in what you're doing and in who you are and who you're becoming and who you're raising. You'll feel so secure in that. And then there'll be moments where you're unsure if it's even working. You're even making a difference. And going to be moments where you just feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you're not there yet. It's a step-by-step process and it's not a linear process, right? Sometimes it goes round and sometimes it goes a figure eight and sometimes it looks like you went backwards and sometimes it looks like you're jumping over things. Healing is such a process that we cannot visualize or try to make the finish line. That means that We can't say, I'll know I'm healed when this happens. Or we can't say, I want life to look like this and then I'll be okay. Because we'll have glimpses and moments of of this thing and we'll have glimpses and moments of this ideal version. But in reality, there'll be times where you're triggered. There'll be times where your, your inner child shows up and it needs to be reminded that they're safe. And it needs to be reminded that this isn't what it used to be and that you're in a different place and that you are working to not only create a new system, a new foundation, a new trajectory for your, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. You're also trying to heal your inner your inner self. We can do a lot more healing forward than we can going backwards. We can make such a greater difference in fighting and plowing to give our children the life of safety and security than we can trying to advocate for safety and security for the child that that was us. I'm not saying ignore the things that you felt from your childhood past and your traumas. I'm saying sometimes it hurts more to expect reconciliation from the adults in our lives when they're not in a place that they're ready to give it. So that just puts it on us to take the responsibility of healing. It wasn't your job as a child to heal it, but now there's a a lineage coming from you and you can change the trajectory of that lineage. Um, So just a few tips. Um, Like I said, the first thing is we have to acknowledge and accept that grief is going to resurface. We know that this is a process. We know that this is a journey. And sometimes we're going to feel grief and we have to be okay with that. We have to not rush that. We have to kind of sit with that for a moment because a lot of times we want to rush it. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to feel the pain of it. We don't want to feel the remembrance of it. But sometimes it's key so we can understand the depths of it, so we can understand where it comes from and why it's there. And then sometimes we have to engage in like some therapeutic practices, whether that is uh, talking to a therapist, journaling, meditating and doing mindfulness, sometimes just sitting with yourself, putting your hand on your heart and just tapping to regulate that emotional turmoil that you're feeling. Also, it's really important to seek community support. Look for people that are on a similar journey, that are encouraging you, that are um, acknowledging the struggle, but also looking for answers, right? We want to be around people that are supporting you and people that are not diminishing what you're feeling, that are not trying to uh, have you to stop feeling it, right? But that are helping you to move forward and helping you to be and feel supported. Then we also want to remember self-compassion. I say this a lot, but we have to really be gentle 
with ourselves. We have to be gentle with ourselves and understand that sometimes we are more fragile than we think um, and that we need to be held and handled with care. And that doesn't mean you're weak. That doesn't mean that you are unable to show up. It just means that you need to be handled with care also. And the last thing is really just remembering the spiritual connection, finding solace and strength in our belief and hope that God has a greater plan for you. He never intended for you to experience those things. That was never his perfect will for you, but he said he would make it good. So we have to remember it is working for your good. How do you know? Because look at your children, look at their lives, look at the joy in their hearts. I'm not saying that there'll never be hard times with them, but look at the heart of them. Look at the experiences they've experienced. Even if they don't know yet, they will. When they get older, they'll understand that mommy fought hard for me to have this life. Daddy fought hard for me to have this security, okay? So I hope that you are able to find safety and vulnerability and openness. I hope that you're able to find community that is gonna support you through this. Um, we're gonna be talking a little more about this um, the next couple of weeks, just on how trauma affects um, the way we parent and the way we have our relationships. But I hope that this was helpful and um I want you guys to write me on Instagram, find me on Facebook, um, and join the community so that you can be supported in your journey. Okay. Thank you. That's all for today. And I hope that you're feeling inspired to navigate your ships with grace and authenticity. But remember, you don't have to do this alone. Our growing community is here and ready to support you. You can find the link to that one in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a mom who may just need a little support and encouragement. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Momship Mastery, and those links are also in the show notes. Before we go, here's my little reminder. You are an incredible mom, and you have the power to nurture your inner well-being and create meaningful connections and relationships. Embrace the journey, cherish the moments, and continue to thrive in your momship journey. Until next time.